0: Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Well, if you have your Bibles, I want to encourage you to open them to Philippians chapter 4. Today, um, even before... uh, Don't cheat, don't get ahead. But even before we do that, I just... There's something that we need to do before we get into this message. Um, I've noticed that one of the things that happens is that the devil, he wants to minimize your impact. And not just minimize your impact, he wants to totally take you out of the game. And one of the best ways that he does that is by you telling yourself, that you're disqualified. By you telling yourself, I don't have any gifts. Oh, I don't really know what to do. I'm on the struggle bus. I don't know what's going on. All of those things, that's what the enemy wants you to be replaying over and over and over in your mind so that you don't actually walk into the amazing, miraculous calling that God has on your life. All of you who just became members, this is a word for you, but this is a word for all of us. God has something special in store for you. The Bible says in Psalm 139 that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Did you know that you're incredible? That was a weak amen. Did you know that you're incredible? That's right. You're incredible. And you know what? It's not because you, you worked so hard and you got there. It's not because you're so smart and you're so skilled. You know why you're incredible? Because God made you in his image. Because God created you and he has a plan for you and he didn't leave you behind. And you're not leftovers. You're the focus. God has something in store for you. Turn to your neighbor and say, wow, you're incredible. Come on, you have to do it. All right, turn to the other neighbor in case you miss them. They're incredible too. I hope you did it online as well. I can't follow up, but the Holy Spirit's watching. You're incredible. God has plans. He knows you. He loves you. And so... Um, Uh, It's good for me to say that, but here's the reality. What you believe about yourself is really what's going to rule the day. And so sometimes we don't even realize it, but we get into agreement with the devil. And so I just want to break agreement with the devil this morning before we get into the message. You okay with that? There's maybe some lies that you're believing. Maybe you even walked in here and you were telling yourself some of those lies that the enemy has been uh, slipping into your ears. You know, you don't have to think the thoughts that come into your head. You know that, right? You have control of the thoughts that you think and you definitely have control of the words that you say. And so don't ever come into alignment with what the enemy is saying. Come uh, with, with what the enemy is saying. Come into alignment with what the word of God says. So, We're gonna pray, we're gonna break agreement with some of the lies of the enemy. You ready for this? I want you to just pray with me. I'm gonna pray, but this is gonna be a corporate prayer, and so I just want you to put your hands up like this, and I want you to pray along with me. Dear Jesus, we believe, oh God, that you have called us, and Lord, we break agreement with the lie that we are not unique. We break agreement with the lie that you can't use us, Lord, we repent for believing, oh God, that we don't have, oh God, everything that we need from you. We repent, oh God, for believing that it's too late for us to accomplish what you've called us to. Lord, we repent, we break agreement with the lie that there is no more work for us, that we're not gifted enough. We break agreement with the lie that we don't have any gifts. We break agreement with the lie that we don't have anything to offer the body. We break agreement with a lie that we don't know enough. We break agreement with a lie that we need to learn more before we actually serve. We break agreement with a lie, oh God, Lord, that, that we are nothing. We say, oh God, in you we have everything. Jesus, we pray that today that you would use us, that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit and power. We pray, oh God, Lord, that we would see ourselves the way that you see us, that we would not doubt what you said in your word, that we are called, that we are sanctified, and that you will eventually glorify us, and that while we are here, you are filling us with your power to accomplish your purposes. So God, we receive your grace and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Don't you feel better already? You know, when you disagree with the devil, that's a good thing to do. Don't agree with the devil. Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew 28, 28, 16. They're gonna put this up there. And Jesus said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. He's not lacking in any power or any authority. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. How many of you are disciples of Jesus? In case you didn't know, if you've put your faith in Jesus, you are a disciple of Jesus. How many of you are disciple makers? You better get your hand up. You are a disciple maker. Tell your neighbor, you are a disciple maker. Online, you know. Now I want you to say, I'm a disciple maker. We're all called to this. This is not something that is for the select few, the gifted, the knowledgeable. This is for all the broken and busted up people. This is for all the people that need extra help. That's us. We're called to make disciples. This is the command of Jesus, and I believe that all of us have a unique niche in the process of forming a body. All of us have a unique calling inside of the body of Christ to raise people up for his glory. There's something special and unique about every single one of you. You know, it's as a It's such a privilege to be able to stand here and be able to see all your faces, because as I look at you, I'm just like, wow. These people are so special. I I don't, what's your name, brother? Yeah. Uh, Julio. Julio. Give give it up for Julio. I've I've never met Julio, but when I look at Julio, I'm just like, there's something special on you, Julio. There's something special that God has in store for Julio. And and that goes for all of us. All of us are unique and we have something special on our lives. There's a unique calling that God has for you. And so the disciples that you need to make, you need to duplicate what God has put inside of you. So I wanna look at this passage because I I wanna look at how the apostle Paul was discipling people and how he told others to be discipled. When I say discipleship, in case you don't know kind of that's a maybe a church word, well basically what that means is a follower it's someone that follows the way of life of someone else uh, in the New Testament times, it was very common uh, for people to to follow a teacher, and that teacher would literally have what they called a way of life, meaning they had They would pray at a certain time. They would would, uh, fast at a certain time. They would study the Bible in a specific way. They would do certain types of ministries. And when you had a teacher or when you had someone that you were following, you didn't just follow what they said and then go on YouTube and listen to somebody else. You followed the way that they live. It's very foreign for us. So when we say we are disciples of Jesus, what we're actually saying is that we're looking at Jesus's life as relayed to us in the Gospels. And we're trying to say, Jesus, how can we live more like you? What did he do? He fasted. He prayed. He had mercy on people. He showed grace when others wanted to judge. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He did all of this, and what did he say? I do only what my Father tells me to do so for us that is what we that's that's us as disciples we are following that example and Paul here in this text what he does is he lays out how he wants others to follow him because he is also making disciples so look with me in Philippians chapter 4 I'm gonna read verses 8 and 9 it says this finally brothers whatever is true whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Just a little side note. I'm not preaching on this today, but if you are discipling someone and they ask you, hey, is it okay if I watch this? Um, Is it okay if I listen to this kind of music or whatever it is, as long as is it gets through this list. Okay, there's a little too much conviction in the room right now. As long as it gets through that list, then it can go in. But if it doesn't make it through that list, then it shouldn't be coming in. Lord, help us all. Amen. Amen. Verse nine. What you have learned and received and heard And seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Paul had a way of living. He had a way of doing life. And he says, guys, you watch me live. Now, if you just do what I do, the God of peace will be with you. I, I want that kind of confidence. I want the kind of confidence that says, hey, if you just live like me, then um, the presence of God will be with you and the peace of God will be on you. You'll be able to walk in the peace of God and you'll be surrounded by the presence of God. Just live like me. Ultimately, when we disciple someone, what we're doing is we are walking towards that end and that goal to say, follow me, as Paul said, as I follow Christ. Follow me. I'm just trying to get closer to Jesus. I might be a little bit farther along the road than, than my brother or my sister. Um, or, and then there's gonna be other people that are farther along the road than I am and I'm gonna follow them and then someone's gonna be following me. As Pastor Toledo said last week, we are all links in a chain from one generation to the next. So what's the first thing? Paul, he says, what you have Learned. Learned is formal training. What do I mean by formal training? Well, listen, you know, uh, the other day, um, I, I am pretty particular when it comes to things in the kitchen. I love to eat and I like to cook. I love to cook. And I'm very specific about the way that I cook. There's a specific way to wash the knives. There's a specific way to wash the table. There's a specific way to heat the pan and put the oil in, and there's a specific way to salt things. You guys, you guys don't even wanna know what my wife has to go through. <laughs> when she starts cooking in the kitchen and I walk in, she's just like, out. <laughs> I don't wanna hear it, out. Because I have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> so my, my, my kids are cleaning the kitchen And uh, we have a wood table. And so they started to wipe the wood table and they started to wipe the wood table against the grain. And so as they were wiping the wood table, I said, uh, I don't remember who it was, one of the kids, I think it was Owen or, I don't remember. And I said, hey, let me show you how to do this. You take the rag and you wipe it with the grain because the rag actually rubs in the grooves in the grain and it cleans it better. And afterwards, The table doesn't have any streaks. You're welcome. (laughs) So he said, oh, okay. Guess what that moment was? Training. I taught him how to clean the table. There's moments in your life where God is gonna put you in a situation and you are gonna have something that someone else needs to be taught. Maybe you're a greeter and you see another greeter and they're new and their they're, people are coming in and, and they don't know what to do and they feel a little bit awkward and a little bit nervous. You can go up to them. You could say, hey, you know what? It's okay. Everybody feels a little bit awkward at first. But just remember, the person that's coming in, they might feel awkward, but when you show them love, all of that gets erased. So just say, hi, my name is so-and-so. What's your name? And maybe ask them if they have any questions or if they've been here before, if they need anything, maybe even give them a hug. You see, what what all of us have is we have something to offer somebody else. You have something to teach people. I I always laugh when, because there's always, you're always going to find someone, they're like, oh, you know, that's. I don't really have anything to offer, but that is a lie from the devil. We repented of that already, so you can't hang on to that anymore. All of us have something to teach someone else. So look, you see this right here? This is the Bible. You already know that. The more that you read this, the more that you have to give away. The more of the word of God that you get in your heart the more that you have to encourage someone else. Listen, you don't have to be on a stage preaching to people. You don't have to be, uh, 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 it could be in passing in the hallway. When the word of God is in your heart, you have something to bless someone with. The more that you are able, and especially in a formal setting, when you're able to say to someone, hey, you know what? God has a plan on your life. I just wanna deposit in you. I wanna bless you. Let's. Why don't we meet together? Let's look at what the Bible says. All you have to do is just read it along with them. Maybe you just gave your life to Jesus. You say, well, I don't, really, I don't really know. I don't really have much to give. I wanna tell you, if you know that you're saved, then all you have is your testimony, you have enough. If you only know how God saved you, you know everything that you need to know to make another disciple. You don't have to be perfect, you just have to be growing. Amen. Just grab your Bible, get into the Word, and give someone else what the Bible says. And here's the deal, it doesn't even have to be grand revelations. It could be like literally just what this Bible says. That's it. Amen. It could be something that, you know, like I give you my little pre-sermon here from uh, Ephesians chapter eight, right? Guess what? The, You don't have to be a theologian to be able to pull that out. You just have to say, oh, that's what it says. It works. It works. Amen? Amen. Everything in this book is useful for training, for teaching in righteousness. So get a hold of the Bible. Get the Bible in your heart. That is how God is going to use you to teach other people. And here's the thing. If you're able, this is like, okay, so that's like this is like 101. You can go you can do that. So here's another another level. If someone were to say, "I want to I want to follow you. I want to know how you live and how you live your life." Is your are your habits, is your way of life organized enough that you can give it to someone else? When do you pray? When do you fast? When do you read the word? How do you read the word? Take an hour this week and write down what you do. Don't be discouraged. Don't be like, oh, I should be doing this. That's not what this exercise is about. Write down how you do it, what you do, and guess what's gonna happen? A new believer is gonna come along. You're gonna say, hey, look, look, if you do this, this is what I do, this helps me. You know, I open up my Bible app in the morning, and I read, and I, and I take a couple minutes, and I, and I worship God, and I, and I pray. Do you know how much life you're giving to that person? You're transferring something that is so valuable to them. So be a teacher. Amen? Amen. Say, "I'm I'm a teacher. Amen. Yes, you are. The second thing, received. What you have learned and received. Did you know that you have spiritual gifts that can be transferred did you know that there are things inside of your spirit that can be given over to someone else? You have been given gifts that are meant to be given away again. <laughs> I love this because we're teaching our kids this. Uh, my, my youngest son, he's super happy all the time. And um, he has the gift of joy. I, I don't know how else to describe it, but like, you just can't keep him down. Like, he gets disciplined he's happy he it's like you just there's no keeping this man down and so so I said to him I said hey um you know would you pray for me I want some of that joy that you have would you please pray that over me I want to receive from you and he's like yeah sure he's like wait but am I gonna lose it if I give it to you good question that's a good question. I said, no, 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 that's not how it works. You see, he's like, oh, okay, so I give it to you, and then God gives me more. I said, yes, that's how it works. Yes, yes. Look at at this. Romans 1 11 says this, for I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. Maybe this is new to you. Maybe you've never heard of this, but this is the Bible, okay? So, what Paul is saying here is I can't wait to be with you because I want to give you some spiritual gifts. There's things I want to impart to you. Did you know that you're carrying around things that are supposed to be given away? Come on, somebody. 1 yeah. Timothy chapter 4, verse 14 says, Do not neglect the gift you have, which was given you, By prophecy, when the council of elders laid their hands on you. What was going on? The leaders came around Timothy, they laid their hands on him, and they began to prophesy new gifts over his life. Some of you, you've done this and you don't even realize that you've done it. You've seen someone, you're like, wow, they're really good at that. And you go to them and you're like, hey, you're really good at this. Did you know when you call something out, you bring it to life? What happens is there's gifts that lie dormant in seed form in other people and they don't know that it's supernaturally going to flourish until you, on the outside, you say, hey, you know what? When you do this, it always works. Like, the way that you administrated that, the way that you're you're taking care of all of those details, did you know that that is like rocket science for me? And you did that just like you were riding a tricycle? Like, you're really good at that. And what happens is that person, they might have said, oh, well, yeah, I thought everyone can do it like that. No, everyone cannot do it like that. That's a gift that you have. We, as a church, this is what we need to do, okay? I wanna challenge you. Do this this week. Everyone say, yes, Pastor David. Yes, Pastor David. <laughs> That's weird, I know. But Do it. <laughs> say, I'm gonna call out a gift in someone else this week. Watch, watch what happens. Sometimes, you're gonna see a gift in someone else, and it's going to be amazing and incredible. I'll tell you a quick story. So I'm, I'm, uh, I was actually uh, teaching on healing somewhere with, with some leaders, and I was teaching on healing, and I saw a, a guy that was sitting there, and it was like the Lord put in my spirit that guy has the gift of healing. So I was like, oh, okay. And so I was kind of like, God, is that you? Like, I'm not sure. But I was like, you know, in fe- I'm like, hey, brother, I just felt like from the Lord, you have the gift of healing. You know what he did? He went, yes. <laughs> I was like, oh no, what did I just do? <laughs> and so later, we bring some people together and there's a guy who has a torn rotator cuff and he's got shoulder issues and he can't he doesn't have full mobility and so I said to this guy I was like hey hey, you, you come and pray for him he jumped out of his seat he ran over he started praying for this guy's shoulder he's like God, I pray that the tricep muscle would elongate so that the shoulder can go back into the place that it needs to be and that you would reignite the tendons and all this sort of stuff. I was like, what is going on? Is this guy a doctor? Who is, I don't, he started saying stuff about this shoulder. He prayed. The guy was like, oh my goodness. (laughs) Completely healed right in that moment. Right in that moment. He was activated immediately. And you know what? You can see that in other people. You have gifts that you have that you can give away to others. There's times where things are gonna be, I've there's so many people in this room, you've given me gifts. You might not even know it. You gave me gifts. Because I was like, oh, Lord, that? Please, can I have that? I want that. And then there's been people that says, I know I'm supposed to pray over you that you're supposed to receive this gift. And I'm like, okay, yes, Lord, I'll receive it. They pray over me, things shift, things change. Listen, as a body, we've got to recognize there's a whole generation of young people that are coming through that becoming center and you know what they need? They need to know what their spiritual gifts are. They need to know that they're anointed and they're called by God. Listen, what's your spiritual gift? So I wish you could look at your faces right now. Because a lot of the times when I ask that question, people get a little bit, well, I think sometimes when I do this, it's, you know, it's good, and I'm not, I don't really know, and, Listen, can I just stop feeling bad that you don't know what it is and just do stuff? Just do stuff. If you see someone that needs prayer, pray for them. Maybe you have the gift of intercession. We'll see. Start praying. Maybe you have the gift of service. Start serving. You'll find out. Maybe you have the gift of teaching. Start giving what you have to someone else. You don't need a platform to start teaching. Just start teaching someone. They'll let you know if you have the gift or not. (laughs) Start using the gifts. If your gift is to lead, start leading. If your gift is to be generous, start being generous. You know, listen... Stop being insecure about it because that's what the devil wants. You are gifted and you are called and you can operate in many different gifts. It's not like, oh, I got one and that's my, the the, the kingdom is broad and vast and God is generous and heaven is full. All you need to just say is, God, I want more. I wanna be used mightily by you. There's more. There's lots of gifts. There's lots of gifts and you can have a bunch of them. Everybody can operate in all the gifts at some point. Doesn't mean that you're gonna be supernaturally gifted with them all of the time, but you're not limited. It's a good word. Heard. Whatever you have heard. You know what we need to do? We need to speak words of life over people. Have you... Um and you know I'm sure that there's no one like this in the room, but maybe you've had a contact with someone before, and as they talk to you, they were trying to give you something, they were trying to tell you something, but for whatever reason, it just didn't land, and whenever they're trying to deposit something in you, you're like something's off here what's going on sometimes. There's something inside of us um, and there's a conflict because we're trying to give away something that we don't have. But I wanna tell you something. When you've met with Jesus and you're real and you're honest, you give away what God gives you. You transfer to what, what God gives you. So this is what it looks like. Paul was saying, hey, everything that you've heard me say, I want you to do that too. Would you want other people to copy the things that you've said? Would you want them to say the things that you say? And I'm not just talking about like bad language. Like, of course, like we don't wanna say that, but like, but what's like, what's the temperature of your words? Are you telling one person, hey, you know, you need to have the joy of the Lord, and then you're constantly complaining about how miserable your life is? <laughs> hey, you know, we're, we're need to be, we need to be strong in the Lord, but then every time that there's something going on, you're kind of just like, man, this is just too difficult. This is too hard. I don't have what it takes. I'm not strong enough. I wish, I, and you, you're beating yourself up, look, what you say about yourself says a lot about what you believe who God is. When you speak to someone, give them life. I remember one time I was I was convicted because I was praying for people and I was praying out of frustration. You ever prayed out of frustration before? Right? That's okay. God can handle it. But I was praying and I was frustrated and I was frustrated with some of the people that I was leading. And I was like, God, would you fix this in them? And would you fix this in them? And man, this is really messed up. Would you fix that? Would you do this in them? And I started praying for them. I know the spouses in the room, none of you have ever done that for your spouse. You start to pray, God, fix them, fix them. The Lord convicted me. He's like, um, that's not how I talk about them. that's not what I think and so the Lord kind of pushed me in the right direction is like hey how about you start praying for the things that I've gifted them in how about you start praying for the strengths that they have how about you start declaring life over them instead of death over them you ever come home from from work and you're just so bombarded by everything and your spouse says, hey, how was work? Or your friend is like, hey, what's going on? How's life? And you're just like ready to just be like, well, let me tell you, this person, that person, this is hard, that's hard. You know what? That's not godly. Speak life, speak faith, believe for people. Are you praying for your workplace? Then begin to say, you know what? Today, it was a little bit difficult. I had a run in, but I'm believing that God is gonna bring a solution to this issue that's gonna be so life-giving for everybody. That's speaking life. You disciple people by the words that you say because your values are constantly articulated. So listen to what you're saying because without realizing it, you're teaching people what you believe. seen, heard and seen in me, help other people practice your way of living. What do I mean by that? Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. You know, this is going to be the part that probably is the most difficult and maybe a little bit scary for us because it's like, wait wait a second, I'm going to tell someone else to live the way that I live? I don't know about that. Paul had so much confidence that he said, hey, if you live the way that I live, the presence of God is going to be with you. The peace of God is going to be on your life. So here's the deal, right? If you're like, well, I don't know if the presence of God is with me and the peace of God, I don't, what is that? You know, like. If that's you, then that's okay. Just start doing what Paul does. Just go to the Bible and just say, okay, God, how do I do that? And then find someone else that's doing it and say, hey, how did you do that? How, how come you're at peace? Where did you get that peace? How do you get that peace? I know, I know Jesus, but I don't have the same peace that you have so talk to me about it. Explain that to me. How do I how do I get that? You see, we should be living lives that other people are asking questions about. And they're saying, "Hey, when you when you loved on that person, when you talked to that person, I just felt like love was literally coming out of you for that person. How did you get that?" And they might be like, oh, "I don't know. But just, okay, can you pray for me? I want that." You got to go to the word. You got to say, "God, help me. Help me. I want to learn. I want to grow. I want to become" But here's the thing, the way that you live, other people are following. You know, you're, you're a believer, you're a disciple, and you are a disciple maker. Your disciples might be watching you and they might be going a direction that you do not want them to go. And you know what the biggest challenge is? Is that you have to change your way of living first because they're going the way that you're teaching them. And so if there's an area of your life that's broken, this is not a time for condemnation. This is a time to say, Jesus, I want to look more like you so that when people follow me, they start to look like you. I'll never forget, when I was a a kid, uh, my dad was in the military, so we moved a lot. I remember we moved to a new church and I went to this church and this youth leader, he grabbed me and he's like, hey man, let me get you connected. And he was like the buffer between me and all of these kids I didn't know. And I was super shy and I was like, oh my goodness, I don't wanna, you know, I was nervous, right? And so he helped me, he helped me make friends. He gave me, uh, he, he, he showed me what to do. He was there for me. And so I, I grew in a relationship with him and he was a, he was a great guy. And I'll never forget, because I was driving down the road one time and I saw him in the car next to us. And before I could wave and say hi to him and just like say, hey, what's up, man? I saw him lift up a cigarette and take a smoke. Now, I don't know what's going on in his life. I don't know what the struggles are that he's facing, but I was a junior higher. And so as I looked at that, I was like, oh man, He's been telling me this is the way that I'm supposed to live and then he's not living that way. And and it hurt me when I was a kid. I I didn't really know what to do with that. And so the car pulled up a little bit and he saw me and he's like, hey, I'm like. (laughs) And he never said anything about it. You know, that was hard for me because I was like, it, it, it broke my confidence with him. Does that mean that he's a terrible person and he's not saved? No. no. Does that mean that he didn't have anything else to deposit into me? No. It meant that he's broken. But you know what? If he would have come to me and he would have said, hey, you know what? I know that you saw me I just wanna apologize. That's not the way that this thing is supposed to go. And I, I just want you to know that this is not, it's not right. It's not right. If he would have said that to me, you know what I would have done? I wouldn't have judged him. I would have been like, oh, so you're a human too. So you have problems too. I got problems. Can you help me to get over my problems too? Cause I wanna grow, I wanna mature. Listen, every parent knows what this is like. You can't be perfect. You can't be perfect. But you're called to have other people live like you. The other day, my kids, they, um, they came and I, I had a long day and I was tired and frustrated or whatever. I was in my own world. And, um, you know, I told you food is really important to me. And so I was in the kitchen. We had made like a, a peach um, dessert uh, crumble, peach crumble. It was actually pretty fire. It was really good. <laughs> but I, we made this peach crumble, and I'm like scooping it out for the kids. We're putting it in the bowls and all of that. And then the, um, I'm scooping it out, and I'm like, you know, it, it's getting close to bedtime. And I'm kind of like, okay, it's time to wind down the day. So like get your dessert, and then you, you're going to bed. You know, that's, that's where I was at. And so the, everybody's kind of running around. They're doing their thing. And I said, okay, here's, here, get your dessert. Come get your dessert. And, and uh, both of my boys are like, oh, serve me last. Serve me last. Serve me last. And I'm thinking in my mind, I'm like, they just want the biggest one. You know, like that's, that's what's going on. They want the best pick, so they want to see it all laid out first. And so I, made, I judged them. And, and, and so I said, you know, uh, I lost my temper. And I I snapped at them and I was like, if you don't come eat this dessert right now, you're not getting any dessert at all, right? And something shifted in the room and both of my boys were visibly upset and one of them ran out and then my wife looks over at me like, (laughs) like nice one, you know? Way to go, dad. She didn't say it like that, but I could read between the lines. And, um, and so I was like, oh man, I blew it. And I knew I blew it. And I don't like it when I blow it. So my youngest, he's, 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 super, he's a straight shooter. I, I love uh, talking with him because he'll, he'll shoot straight. All my kids do, but he's uh, very exuberant. So I went to him and I was like, hey man, what's the matter? He's like, you yelled at me. <laughs> I was like, I did. I was like, buddy, I'm sorry. I, I got both the boys. I'm like, guys, I, I, I judged you. I thought that you were doing something wrong and you weren't doing anything wrong. And I, I lost my temper. And I'm sorry, will you, will you please forgive me? I didn't do that right, I didn't, I didn't, that's not how we do things in this family and that's not how I want you to act and that's not how I wanna act and so I'm, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? And you know what? They're like, yeah, sure. <laughs> Can we eat the peach cobbler now? Like, let's, <laughs> like, and so I was like, yeah, okay, cool. You know, because if you're real, okay, Nobody needs somebody that's fake and has got it all together. Nobody needs that, okay? You're not you you don't have it all together, so don't pretend like you do. Now, you don't have to like go like giving everyone a list of all your sins that you wrote out so that everybody knows how real you are. That's not what I'm saying, but you just got to be genuine. You have to say, hey, this is what I'm really going through and this is what's going on. And you know what? I'm perfect. And if you mess up, just say, listen, I'm sorry. Please don't copy that. You know, like you can do a lot of things that I do, but don't do that thing that I did. Come on, can we stand together? The devil has tried to silence parents in this room. He's tried to silence parents in this room. And I just, this is, I I believe that this is the Lord for someone. The devil has been telling you, well, you can't say anything to your kids because you did that too. That is a lie from the pit of hell. You might have made a thousand mistakes, a bazillion mistakes, all the more reason to tell your kids why they can't do that. All the more reason to say, I'm sorry for the way that I led you. I'm sorry for what I did. Listen, let's do this better together. Maybe you say, I'm just a new believer in my kids. I'm trying to bring them to church. I don't know what's going on. You don't have to know everything that's going on. You just have to grow. That's all. You just got to take one step closer. Just get into the word and know what the Bible says. God, he wants to use you. You are a disciple maker. And today, whatever lie you believe before you came into this place, today I want to empower you, I want to encourage you, walk out of this place knowing that you have something to deposit into somebody else. And there is a new believer. There's someone that needs what you have. And God has already ordained the good works in advance for you to do. Ephesians 2, 9 and 10 says that. He's already ordained it. He set it up. He has people in line for you to minister to. So this is what I need you to do. I need you to receive that right now, that you are a disciple maker, that you are gonna go and make disciples, and that you're gonna invest in someone else.